Hello, five fans of Silver Screen Guide and anybody else who happens to jump on this podcast feed randomly, and welcome to our discussion of the movie, Sorry to Bother You. Now, before we get started, we're going to lay down some ground rules. For this podcast, Alan and Jacob and I are going to be playing a game, and here's how it works. Each of us may only start talking with the phrase, sorry to bother you. If we don't, the consequence is that person will get slapped in the back of the neck by the other player of their choice. Sorry to bother you, but does when do these rules start taking place? Sorry to bother you. They begin right now. Sorry. Welcome to, bo- to the Silver Screen Guide podcast of Sorry to Bother You. Sorry to bother you, Curtis, but uh, do these rules also apply in times of heated discussion and debate? Sorry to bother you. They absolutely do. Sorry to bother you. Let's get into it. Sorry to bother you. Let's go over the plot of Sorry to Bother You. According to IMDb, in an alternate present-day version of Oakland, telemarketer Cassius Green discovers a magical key to professional success, propelling him to a... something universe. Sorry to bother you, Macabre. Macabre. I'm sorry, I couldn't read it. Sorry to bother you. What an interesting movie. Sorry to bother you, but what did you think? Sorry to bother you. Uh, actually, Jacob, you go first. Sorry to bother you. Um, are we just kind of doing general thoughts right now? Okay. Sorry Curtis. to bother you. That's a yes. Curtis, sorry to bother you. Curtis nodded. Um, I didn't know what to think about this movie right after I saw it. Um, I liked it. I thought it worked, um, which is kind of a big question probably for most people after they see this movie is it's going to be, does it work for me? It really worked. Um, but I wasn't quite sure about how to think about all the themes of it. So after sleeping on it and like reading more and, uh, listening to other people's thoughts on it, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, there are some more filmmaking focused problems because boots Riley hasn't done a feature film before. But I really enjoyed this movie. I think it has a lot to say. Maybe a little bit too much. But it's got a lot to say. It says it in some very different ways from how most films would tackle its themes. And for that reason, I I loved it. Like It's, it's not perfect, um, but it's pretty darn good. Sorry to Bother You is a very interesting film from start to finish. It really does capture you from beginning to end. It is so outlandish and strange and just quirky and really, really funny at times. And it just kind of builds to this like wild climax of a thing. And it's just so much fun to be a part of. Uh, Aside from a couple of technical issues that I have and some screenwriting issues that I have, I found this movie to be very, very entertaining. I found it to have a really compelling message Ultimately, I see it as a protest film of sorts, and I found that to be really enjoyable and very refreshing because it uses extreme realism to convey the insanity of the times that we live in right now, and it's just a beautiful thing to see. So I really enjoyed it. Sorry to Bother You is a very strange movie. Now, Sorry to bother you, but we've all said that now. Yes. Now... To be fair, uh, 
this is a okay so this is a movie that really takes itself literally i know it's just kind of what you said curtis but for me i think that um most of the time this works i think that there are a few moments where i kind of wish the film would have left it up to the audience to kind of figure out because this movie has a lot to say and it has i think then we were talking about this last night curtis uh it kind of needs to be pretty literal to get all that across in the time that it has. There is a lot to this movie. There's a lot of stuff inside of it. There's a lot to talk about. But at the same time, it also comes at a cost of maybe being a little bit too literal. Some people may not have a problem with that. It seems like you two didn't bother you as nearly as much as it did as, as it did me. But for me, it is a criticism at the same time as it is a praise because it is something that needs to be a little bit more literal. Moving on from that, though, I yeah, this is r- really engaging because of how odd it is. This is not a movie you typically see in the cinema, and something that we kind of have to go out of your way to find. And I tend to really enjoy really odd and different things, and this is not this is no exception to that list. But at the same time, and I'm agreeing with basically you two, uh, there are some more filmmaking aspects, probably just due to lack of experience at least in terms of like going against the big dogs and, and being in Hollywood and stuff like that, which I don't hold against the director in any sense, but at the same time, they are there. Um, however, yes, this is quite a, a movie that asks you to take a lot of action and asks you to rethink how you view society, at least in its current state. It's very fair in the way that it presents its characters, but at the same time, towards that, second act it gets a bit cliche however in the grand scheme of things i think it did work for me as well sorry to bother you listeners but now we're probably going to have to start diving into some spoiler territory sorry to bother you yes the this movie is kind of hard to talk about without really getting to spoilers by without being too without giving examples that are spoilery sorry to bother you has a very interesting plot and a very interesting storyline, I would say, mostly for its strangeness. So why don't we just walk our way through it very quickly and talk about our thoughts on it? Sorry to bother you. I think that's a very good idea. Sorry to bother you, but I agree. Sorry to bother you, Jacob, but why don't you lead us into that then? Sorry to bother you, Curtis, but I'd love to do that. So basically, um, this movie is set in Oakland, um, and this guy named Cassius Green... Uh, who goes by Cash. Um, Sorry to bother you, but interesting. Sorry to bother you, Alan, but what's so interesting? Sorry to bother you, but the name. Sorry to bother you, Alan, but what about the name is so interesting? Sorry to bother you, Jacob, but Cash is green as a main character. When I said that this movie's pretty literal before, this is a good example. Sorry to bother you, Alan, but yeah. Um, So... Basically, the the setup is this is like pseudo dystopian. Um, this movie takes place in Oakland, like I said. Basically, the conflict that's kind of set up really early that comes back a lot is between this company called Worry Free. It's basically indentured servitude. Um, if you're running low on money, so they'll like house you, they'll feed you prison food, and in return, you offer them a lifetime of work. Then there's also this radical group called the Left Eye that um, thinks that this is ridiculous because it's basically slavery. So they're protesting. They're doing like public art to um, protest it. They're 
defacing their billboards, things like that. So that's kind of the, the overall setup for the entire thing. So Cassius Screen, uh, he doesn't have a job. He needs to pay some money uh, to his landlord, who's also his uncle, who's played by Terry Crews. And it's just great because all the power to Terry Crews right now. Um, and he go and he applies for this job at this telemarketing firm and he gets it. Um, and he is not very successful. He gets hung up on by a lot of his first callers until Danny Glover says, use your white voice boy. And he shows him his white voice. Um, and then he starts to use it and he gets really successful by mimicking this carefree tone that's um, instead of being like Keith Stanfield, uh, it's David Cross. Absolutely spectacular. Um, so one of his uh, co-workers named Squeeze, that's that's definitely not literal at all, is it, Alan? Sorry to bother you, but no. Sorry to bother you, Alan, but it's definitely not literal at all because he tries to unionize um, all the callers so they can get better benefits and better pay from their corporate uh uh, company that was really redundant, but that's okay. Um, so basically, as Cash gets better at his job, um, he gets the attention of the, of the big guys upstairs, becomes a power caller, which basically means that you're in your sexual prime and you're really good at telemarketing from what the elevator had to say because there's a talking elevator in this movie. More accurately, just a recording that plays, not talking elevator. We don't get that weird yet. So he gets really good at this, and he also starts to distance himself from his friends, like his girlfriend, uh, Squeeze, and a couple other people that all that all work in the basement where he used to work. Um, so that is a pretty big conflict in this film. You know, the conflict between his old life and his new life. His his um, normal voice and his white voice is kind of a good metaphor for that. Um, and sometimes he slips into the white voice when he's not supposed to, things like that. So eventually he, um, is invited to a party by the CEO of worry free, um, who is Steve lift also known as a combination of the Winklevi twins, um, from the social network who were also played by army hammer. Um, and basically lift, um, is, meets with uh, Cash after the party, and um, Cash snorts some crack that may or may not have been crack. Um, and uh, he's looking for the bathroom, and he comes across these these half-horse, half-human hybrids. And they're not centaurs, because that would be weird. But they're like humanoid, horse-human hybrids. Sorry to bother you. They are called equisapiens, a combination of both uh, genuses. Sorry to bother you, Curtis, but thank you for bothering me and inserting that little little factoid boy. So, basically then, uh, Lyft reveals his whole plan, which is basically to take all of the worry-free workers and turn them in to these Equisapiens. And he's going to make cash the Equisapiens equivalent of Martin Luther King Jr. or Moses or something like that. Um, so basically, um, when the Equisapiens start to get out of line, Cash is going to be the revolutionary figure and lead them um, while also being employed by Worry Free. He's And Cash 
is offered a five-year, $100 million contract for this, and then he can take a defusing powder and return to his normal self. So then Cash gets really worried that this crack he snorted uh, was actually the powder to initiate this whole process. And basically, his girlfriend and him kind of get back together, but they're still kind of at odds, like it's like a one-night stand rebound thing or something. Um, so he tries to do exactly what Lyft like not necessarily wants him to do right now, but wants him to do in the future. So like he, he outs worry free about he outs uh, like a viral video from his phone that basically captured these Equisapiens that he found. Um, and he outs this video on a very popular TV show. Um, and basically it all backfires. And then the union makes one last stand with their picket line while they're striking and um, it works. Uh, they like, um, get into a riot, and then uh, as as the police beat them down, uh, all of a sudden the Equisapiens come and rescue them, um, and overpower the police with their their might, and um, they free all of our main players, and then they go on to keep fighting, and then all of a sudden Cash grows nostrils on his face like a horse, and then in a somewhat mid credits mid credit scene but not really um cash starts to lead the equisapiens into lift's house to beat him up and kill him so yeah that's pretty much it did i miss anything sorry to bother you i don't think you did sorry to bother you think you got it pretty much on point everything in between is nothing of great importance sorry to bother you i think that's pretty much all of it. Uh, so before we talk about ideas of theme and that kind of thing, let's just get through all the technical stuff. So what did we think about the plot? What did we think about the way it was handled by the director, the actors, etc., etc., etc.? Sorry to bother you, Curtis. Um, so in talking about this film's plot, and it's kind of... I am talking about like how the plot addresses the meaning... I actually got a lot of comparisons to Mother that came out last year, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Um, this one's a little more literal than Mother, um, which is spoiler warning for Mother. If you haven't seen it, it's basically an allegory about religion and environmentalism, and uh, it's really screwed up. Um, but like, it's very allegorical in that way. It doesn't have quite the same. It has nothing like the pacing of Mother. Um, if you're worried about that, but like it kind of reminds me of how like everything has a corresponding thing in the real world. Like, um, like you can just think of, there's so many different things in this movie that, um, like worry free can be like the corporate America, uh, the left eye, the radical group. They're like maybe an occupy movement or something like that. Like there's a lot of correlation between, um, the world that the film is talking about and the world of the film, which Alan addressed in his thoughts that he was kind of iffy on that. And I can understand that quite a bit, actually. Sorry to bother you, but yeah, going into some of the technical things, there are moments where this movie gets a little bit muddy, kind of. Sorry to bother you, Alan. Um, is this mud in the 
the structure of the plot and what's going on in the plot or is it more in the meaning of the film like is it getting bogged down in themes or something like that sorry to bother you but it's definitely in like the structure of the story uh plot's pretty fine in how they address and bring up themes and stuff like that but like things happen and things are feel a little bit muddy like they could have been either a explained more or b given more time to develop um the same token once again things feel a little bit a little bit too literal for me like some of the characters names Cassius green of course is our main character uh detroit is his girlfriend's name diana now they Point out that one one person points out that her name is spelled like debauchery. Sorry to bother you, but I found that to be very funny. Yes. Sorry to bother you, but I loved that too. Right. And then she quickly addresses it and says, no, it's actually pronounced this way. And so, yeah, quite literal with basically everything. It does kind of warrant almost a rewatch to get every reference that it's trying to make if you so choose to do so. Uh, I feel like... Now, this movie does get nuts towards the end, as we have talked about. And although it isn't a big deal, some people will find it to be really strange and it will not work for them. Sorry to bother you, Alan. Um, I can understand why somebody would think that. And I definitely like don't discount them if they do. But I think that this film does a really good job of ramping up to that craziness. I think it it definitely knows that it starts in a surreal world and it only gets more surreal. And I, I really like that because I think, um, I think it's kind of the same thing with, I think why this is going to seem totally out of left field, but trust me on this. Um, like when we talk about animation and animated films, um, especially of the more of like Pixar's variety where they're very, they're animated in a way that's definitely surreal, but it's also very kid friendly. It can like break down those barriers of like how you can address certain themes. I think this movie really does that well because it starts you in a surreal environment and then it just addresses all this stuff in it. And it's very literal and it's very like, it's very on the nose, but because it's so surreal, you can almost have your walls broken down by its setting. And then from that, uh, the message can become very effective. Sorry to bother you, but I, I do agree. And like I said, maybe if they pulled it back a little bit and did, and r- maybe kept it a bit more subtle, I feel like a bit more of the film make the filmmaking aspect of film would have been able to shine just as well as anything else. However, it does still work. The literal meaning of this movie does still very much work. Sorry to bother you, but it's time for me to give my thoughts now. Sorry to bother you. Go ahead, Curtis. Sorry to bother you that we bothered you by not letting you speak. Sorry to bother you. I don't have a ton of criticisms with this movie. Uh, I think there probably needed to be another draft of the script. Or just another draft in general, because I think... It does get a little muddy in some places. I agree with you. Uh, However, the literalness of it didn't bother me. And here's why. I don't think this movie is trying to be symbolic. It's trying to be a protest. The whole movie revolves around protesting. The movie itself is an act of protest. And in order to do that, you create symbols that stick in people's minds that are very clearly like conveying something very specific. Even in the movie itself, we see Detroit make a sculpture of 
army hammer banging a horse because, and then she says, well, maybe the artist is saying that that's literally what's going on. Right. It's like, we're seeing that. And that's kind of the point of what's happening in this movie. They're trying to convey the absurdity of the political climate that we live in, in the systemic oppression that like countless people live in every day. And they're trying to make it to where you cannot miss that. That's what they're trying to talk about because that's what protesters do. So I agree that it was super over the top and that they didn't have to be that literal about it. But I think in order to make the point that they were trying to make in the manner in which they were trying to make it, it had to be that way. And that because that was the purpose of it, it does not bother me. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you, but I can totally see your stance. I would like to bring up, though, color, because this movie begins kind of drab. Things are pretty normal. And then as the movie slowly progresses, there's more and more color added to this world. And by the very end, it's actually quite beautiful to look at at some shots because there's a lot of color popping in. It's very, very vivid there there before the last scene when uh, when he turns into the horse. So I just wanted to briefly bring that up, that the this movie's use of color was very well done. And just to kind of goes to show how absurd this world actually really is, and it knows that it's absurd, it's playful, but there's like a meaning behind it. Sorry to bother you, but I also caught a very interesting theme through color when Cassius is continuously using his white voice. So the entire point of that is to say that people that are oppressed in a capitalist system, right? They have to be like almost converted into the model that is successful, which is a white person, right? So we see Cassius kind of turning into this white person. And by the end of this kind of like drastic change, everything in his room is white, except for like one couch or something. But like everything is white now. And I found that to be very interesting. Sorry to bother you, but yeah, very interesting. And then at the very end, it's the same way. He ends up moving all of, basically everything from his apartment into back into that garage again, uh, which is interesting. Sorry to bother you. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I found that use of color to be very interesting. I found the humor to work well and speak into it. I found the cast to be very, very well put together. A lot of people that I did not expect to be in this movie were in this movie, like Army Hammer or Danny Glover or Forrest Whitaker even. Sorry to bother you, but yeah, that's very correct. I, Jacob, you haven't said anything for a while. What do you think? Sorry to bother you, Alan, but what am I remarking about? Just anything, pretty much? Sorry to bother you, but yes. Um, I think that the movie, I was surprised at this. Um. Ow. I don't think I actually forgot Sorry it. to bother you, but you totally forgot it. Sorry to bother you, Curtis, but ow. I think I have Damien Chazelle's second movie going on in my neck right now. <laughs> Sorry to bother you, but these were the rules. Sorry to bother you, but I was wondering when that was going to happen. Sorry to bother you, Curtis, but you just really bothered me. Anyway, talking about the movie Sorry to Bother You, uh, and trying to ignore the pain in my neck. Thanks, Birdie. Um, 
So I thought the movie would have taken more of a racial tone than it did. Um, I was very glad that it didn't. Um, and it's not because I am a part of the majority of the country um, and that I am a white Caucasian male with blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, it's just because I think that there's like, I've seen the release calendar for a lot of indie studios that are coming out soon. This movie would probably have gotten lost in things like blind spotting, um, popping up to where the racial issue might've felt a little too like, I don't know if I want to say push too much. But I like that it takes more of an economic oppression stance because I, I think we get that in movies, but not nearly as much as we get the racial thing, especially right now. Um, Sorry about you, Jacob. I just want to jump in here for a second. Yes, you are very correct. It does keep things quite fair in terms of race uh, because even the people who are in charge of those who are callers in like this but beginning of the second act are white, and uh, there are plenty of workers there that are also white it's not just only black people it's like it's all mixes of color there's it's not necessarily like you're saying not necessarily a racial thing but more of just an economic status thing sorry to bother you alan but also when he gets when um when cash gets upstairs to be a power caller his like first instruction i'm pretty sure like the, the boss of that floor or that or the power callers as a as a as a rule is played by omari hardwick who is not white so, like, there's also people that are not white in charge of everything, um, even though Army Hammer does play the overall CEO. Like, I really like that the movie goes after the economic oppression of, of like, like systemic economic oppression, um, even though that is often racially influenced in this country. It's not always, and I think that's an important point to remember. Um, so... Yeah, I really appreciated that. Sorry to bother you, but I would agree. Alan and I were comparing this last night after we'd saw it to Get Out, where Get Out talks about very uh, much more of a racial theme, very much racial oppression and what it means to be black in a world full of white people. This movie talks about what does it mean to be a person of low income in a world where climbing the ladder means sacrificing all moral uh all morals and just in general your ideas and beliefs about the way the world should run and most of the people that were at the bottom of the barrel were very mixed in terms of race so we had a lot of white people we had a lot of black people we had a lot of hispanics it was very much like this could happen to anybody but we focused on a black person because most of the time it does happen to minorities, right? They're the ones that are typically born into a lower class and trying to work their way back up. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but that's kind of how it is. And the system's built against people in that class. And on top of that, he made it harder for the black person to make it because he has to fake whiteness in order to make it there. Sorry to bother you, but just to add on to that. Uh, so this movie, as we have stated plenty of times, is very literal. Uh, so if there were ever a movie to follow the rule of show, don't tell, this is a great example of that. Because basically every idea that it wants to get across, it will just show it to you. Like just blatantly show it to you either by a dialogue or more than likely by some kind of imagery. Uh, 
But I, what I find more fascinating, besides of what it does show us, is what it doesn't show us. Because for up until Cassius makes it to the power colors, we don't see upstairs. And adding on to that, uh, we never we briefly see the inside of the of the uh, worry free facility. We only see that one video and a couple of advertisements of the living quarters, but nothing past that. It makes it. It it's, makes me curious as to what is inside of these places. What else uh, is this movie? What else? I guess it really just leaves me up to imagine it myself as to what's going on in there. Obviously, those aren't the most important things to show because this movie has more. This movie has more important things to show. But I found that to be very interesting. That it, as for as much as it does show, there are things that it doesn't show, and that makes it all the more intriguing. As to okay. Well, this is what it's showing us. What is it not showing us? Sorry to bother you. I would agree with that. And then it just kind of keeps developing that idea. And okay, what are they not showing us? Okay, well, there's something else going on here. There's something else going on here. And culminates up to this point where we see horse people and we're like, that doesn't feel like it's out of the ordinary, which is very fun. But like, I love the idea that we're turning the term workhorse into like a literal thing just to like prove a point that we're like abusing the system of middle class, turning them all into workhorses for almost no money just so that the people at the top can make their money. You know, it was so, so interesting to see like they're calling what they're calling that is dehumanizing. Right. But you can't build up to that point without like building that suspense first, starting with, okay, well what's on the second floor then you get to the second floor, you're like, okay, well, what's going to happen at this party? Like, it just keeps going and keeps going. It's so fun to watch it all kind of open up. And even though the plot itself feels a little basic at times, you're still, like, waiting to find out what's getting ready to happen next. Sorry to bother you, but yeah, there. this movie, I mean, all throughout it, has just do, does some really silly things, some really weird things. But like you said, once it reaches that moment with literal horses, workhorses, uh, and I guess it was a bathroom. Um, we It doesn't feel like it's terribly out of, the, out of the ordinary. Obviously, it's weird, but it's not like it. it's not like it's so out of left field that it doesn't have a place. It has a place, and, ha- and I feel like if without it, this movie wouldn't nearly have had the impact it does. But because it builds up to this moment of being so weird in the first hour and a half that this last 15 minutes it's like okay i'm more on board with this than i would have been if this began here sorry to bother you but i totally agree they do things very subtle like occasionally a picture will change when we cut to it and it just grows more and more drastic of a change as the movie goes along we see characters wearing crazy outfits like at one point, Danny Glover is wearing like a bolo tie and a cowboy hat for some reason. Like it just kind of gets more and more outrageous as we go. So it kind of builds it up to that point. Sorry to bother you, but I'd also like to bring up that scene when he is kind of building up his trek of being a very good telemarketer caller because he will like pop into these scenes when people answer the phone and you get to experience what is what is life that he's imagining for them in this situation and there are multiple like for one one of the first ones he does is with the lady who has can who whose husband has cancer 
and we get to see the inside of her home. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. Obviously, she's more wealthy than he is, and he makes some snide comment by by accident, and then she hangs up the call, and then he just drops somebody else. It's really interesting to see that once again, these literal conversations are happening, and we get to see his viewpoint of that, all that. Sorry, Sorry to bother you, Alan and Curtis. I feel like, oh no. Sorry to bother you, but I think Curtis and I both get a slap. Well, you didn't finish it, so does that count? Sorry to bother you. I just stopped halfway through the phrase because Jacob was talking. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Does that count? Does that count? Sorry to bother you, but that's like twice, so. Sorry to bother you, Alan, but I think Curtis is going to bother you by slapping you, boy. Just get it over. Sorry to bother you. Just get it over with. Uh. Uh. Oh. Sorry, Sorry to, bo- to bother you, but go ahead, Jacob. Sorry to bother you, but we have to we have to figure this out. If we don't complete the phrase, do we get slapped anyways? Sorry to bother you, Alan, but I think if you stop, I, I think if you uh, yield to somebody else saying the phrase, or if you say sorry to bother you and then just like or fade off into mumbles, then I think we're okay and we don't need to get slapped because you are respecting the rules of the game. Sorry to bother you, but that sounds fine to me. Sorry to bother you. I could agree with that. Sorry to bother you guys, but here we go. Let's see if I can remember what I was going to say. Um, what were we just talking about? Sorry to bother you, but I had mentioned the uh, phone calls and how he's imagining himself in the situation. Sorry to bother you, Alan. Yes, I remember now. Okay, so one of the things that I thought was interesting was... When that call happens, when he's um, calling the lady whose husband is dying of cancer or has died of cancer, there's like all the hospital bills, they can't afford it. He sticks to the script. Um, That is a pretty common slogan in the first half of this movie uh, from the telemarketer bosses is stick to the script, which obviously has its own thematic connotations of stick to what you're given uh, don't veer outside of it. As High School Musical would say, uh, stick to the status quo. Because, you know, if you're a basketball player, you don't be making creme brulees in your spare time. Like, that, that kind of a thing. And I think that's, re- like, the reason that he gets hung up on in that call is because he sticks to the script and makes everything a selling point, including the fact that her husband died of cancer. So, I think what's really interesting is, even that early on, that's like his first call. We already get this glimpse of, he wants to make money, he wants to, he wants that 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 green cash he wants that so badly that he's willing to try to make a lady's dying or dead husband into a selling point that's pretty low and that are that i forgot how early the movie sets that tone of to get money you got to betray some morals like that's really really gutsy and spectacular Sorry to bother you, but yes, that is very true. They, once again, I think Curtis did mention this earlier, you kind of have to break down the the morals of your own character to do what the society is, want, is, is wanting you to do to climb that ladder. Whether or not it's a good or bad thing obviously has its own merits, but that's just the point that the film is trying to make. It's very interesting that it goes there, and the, one, of the, one, of the, yeah, one of the first phone calls we have is when he tries to make her husband's cancer a selling point. I mean, okay, all these phone calls are ridiculous. He calls a an older woman who's already in a lot of pain 
and talks of, talks to her about her cancer-ridden husband. He calls when a couple is having sex, like right in the middle, and the girl answers the answers the phone. There are plenty of really weird conversations that, or that weird settings that occur when we when he get when he calls these people. And just to add more on to that, what I was saying earlier. Sorry to bother you. Was so fun to watch. It really was. I loved the dynamics between characters. I loved the relationship between Cash and uh, Detroit. Although it does get a little like B plotty for a minute or two when she's like, I'm going to go hang out with Squeeze instead because you're a sellout. But that needed to happen. I understand why that needed to happen. So, I mean, I don't love it, but I don't hate it either because it makes sense in the context of what's actually going on. That being said, it's just so fun. These characters are so fun. They all have their own personalities and their own just like weird set of quirks. And they carry this story with such like a deep message in such the most lighthearted way imaginable. Like even the horse people, like most of the time they just talk about how big the penises are for the horse people. And that's like it. Like that's so funny and it's so lighthearted, but at the same time it's conveying this message of like the intense extremism that capitalism provides for people and the systemic oppression that we face in this country, regardless of, race or whatever although it makes it clear that it's very different for you depending on where you are and who you are and how you identify yourself and those kinds of things but i don't know i just found it to be such a blast if this is boots's first movie i honestly am so excited to see where he's going to take himself from here because minus those a couple very small flaws i'm like all for this Sorry to bother you, but yeah, there I do kind of want to talk about for a minute about some cliches that he does bring up in his story because I feel that they are pretty imperative to at least mention. Uh, now, of course, we have the the uh, typical man gets man works and gets a better paying job and loses his friends in the process. We've seen this a thousand times. Loses basically everything that he used, everything that his life was before he joined or did this thing, and he's lost that now, and he has to go back and fix it. We've seen that a thousand times. This movie kind of takes the same steps as what you've typically seen. But at the same time, a at least it really works to portray the message of this movie. Sorry to bother you, Alan. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it really works that this movie is like, it's, it's not about like what the movie, like what the movie uh, does as far as its plot it's more about like how it's executed, how it's delivered, and then uh, further like what it's trying to say through that. Because obviously, you could get that message of friend, uh, like friends go away because guy gets a really good paying job and like forsakes his friends for the sake of the money, um, chases the whole world and loses his soul in the process, like that kind of a thing. But this movie doesn't stop there, and I think there's also a lot of um, interesting uses of cliche in ways like still talking about the same example in this in this in this fact of like he's going to lose his girlfriend he's going to lose his friends from work because he's going after the money i think there's a reason 
that these cliches are in this movie, and that's because they're cliches. They're familiar. Like, we know them. It's trying, once again, to use them to break down some of our barriers to such a strange, surreal film and making it something familiar that we can go along with and get the film's end message. Sorry to bother you. Yes, I do feel like that's kind of what was on the mind of the filmmakers. However, like I said before, it is at least worth mentioning because they are there. And I feel for a story that is as quirky as this, they I feel like they could have gone past that and not much would have changed except maybe a little bit of impact. Although it is, that is an interesting viewpoint that this is something that we're so used to and then this movie kind of just breaks it down. Um, that is interesting. Sorry to bother you. I think I'm with Jacob to an extent, but I don't know that it was utilized as fully as it could have been. Sorry um, to bother you. I would absolutely agree. Sorry to bother you. but Sorry you, to bother you, but I also agree. Just so you know. Sorry to bother you. I I don't know. I mean, it's there and it's not as much as it could have been. It's just feels like the sort of B plot thing. And I get it. It's his first movie and it's really easy to do that kind of thing. And at a certain point you're losing viewers when you make a movie about horse people and like they don't know that when they go in they think it's about a telemarketer. So like I get it. Like it needed to be done. I just don't know that it could have if it would have worked better another way. I think it could have just been like the limits of the story where they kind of had to go down this route, but they kept it interesting. At least it wasn't cliche in the sense of, I hate this. This is boring. It was cliche and we recognized it, but it was being used well. So I don't know that bothered me that much. Hardy, har, har, but it was obviously something that I recognized and was like, well, I can kind of predict where that part of it's going to go, but I still had no idea where anything else was going to go. Sort of bother you, but yeah, this is a pretty unpredictable story for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, I mean, there is a point where a cliche actually works. I mean, they're called cliches for a reason, and some of the, a lot of the time there are movies that are made that really don't even need to have whatever cliche that they're using but they do it anyways this is not one of those this is one that actually utilizes this cliche to the extent that it is supposed to be used to or at on the, by the same token it at least uses what we're familiar with in a way that draws us into the story a bit more once again though that it, being a story about horse people at least there's something that is familiar but for me personally i would have loved for it to push it and go beyond that and be even more weird than what it already is because Yes, this is a very strange movie, but half me, part of me feels like it's holding back just a little bit, but I, although I do understand why. Sorry to bother you. I would agree that I think it's probably holding back to an extent, but I mean, it had to calculate the cost by which it was going to push that far because this is getting a fairly wide release because people think it's about a black guy that's working as a telemarketer because that's how it was marketed, right? But at the same time, like, it's already going to be losing people very quickly. Like half the people in the theater when we saw it are out. They're donezo because like all of a sudden there are horse people. So I get that to an extent you have to restrain yourself. You can't push it to its absolute limit just yet because people aren't quite ready to trust you that much yet. And for that, I can understand and I sympathize. Sorry to bother you, but yeah, I I would love to see where this director can go with later works. This is his first picture, and once again, just like Get Out, 
uh, very impressive for a first picture. And I would love to see just how crazy he could make it because this is already pretty nuts. But I want to see more. That I, there's one thing that I wish this movie would have been. It would. I always wanted to see it do more and be as crazy as it possibly can go before it reaches a point where it's absolutely unintelligible. I would love to see that. Now, of course, that isn't this movie, but I would love to see it. Sorry to bother you. I would agree. Should we? Uh, do we have anything else to say on the matter? Sorry to bother you, but uh, what do you think, Jacob? Sorry to bother you. Um, don't believe this film's marketing for a second. Um, but you better not watch. Oh, it's we're spoiler territory. So if you're this far, it doesn't matter. But don't watch. Don't spoil this movie for yourself, please. Like I think we were all shocked, and I really liked that. Because how many times have we been shocked at a movie this year? Like, truly, like, whoa, that just happened. Sorry to bother you, but first reformed. Okay. Sorry to bother you. The only movie I can think of that shocked me as bad as this one did was Show Dogs. (laughs) Sorry to bother you. Oh, yeah. Because we got to see the unedited version. Sorry to bother you. Oh, yes, we did. Sorry to bother you. That was was it. Shocking. That was it. Sorry to bother you, but I'm just thinking of the other films I've seen in 2018. Because now I actually want to look at what they are. Um, because I do think that there is there is a legitimacy to shock value. Because um, I think for me, first reformed was shocking, but not like not like this, where it was like drop dead. Whoa, that just happened in this movie. Like I, I was expecting those kind of twists and turns. I would say for me, Annihilation had that. With I didn't expect where Annihilation took me. Um, like it was jaw dropping in in a similar way, but completely different, and also much different film in general. But I think for the besides that, like this is one of the most shocking films I think I've seen this year. Um, like even a film like you were never really here. Like you're expecting everything that you go into that film, um, thinking that's like everything that happens in that film. It's it's not nearly as out of left field as this is, even though like this deals with some like very uh, timely subject matter because of the way it's marketed. You don't expect that. And I love that. I love being caught off guard by a movie. I haven't had that happen in a long time. Sorry to bother you, but I would love to see how far he can push the limits of what is a film because this one doesn't do that necessarily, but it is weird. And that's definitely something that is to its benefit. So I'd love to see how far he's willing and how far he can push that, like I just mentioned earlier. Because I know that there are there is a movie out there, I forget the name of it, but literally it's just a, a series of like flashes and patterns and stuff. And it really challenges and asks the question, what even is film anyways? So I wonder if he could ever go that far and push it, but with real characters and stuff like that in his own way. I wonder I wonder if he will ever get to that that level. Sorry to we bother won't you. Know but I hope he does. Now, I think it's probably time to go into ratings and recommendations. Sorry to bother you. I would agree. Sorry to bother you. Go ahead, Jacob. Sorry to bother you is one heck of a movie. Um, I think a lot of the flaws that we've mentioned um, can can be excused to a point I don't think that they're like completely not worth recognizing, um, but a lot of it fits with what the movie is talking about, fits with the scope of the film, fits with the themes of the film, um, and fits with the film's method of delivery. And as Curtis was saying, like 
because this is a protest film, ultimately what matters is whether or not it gets its message across. I think it really does, even if it takes horse people to do it. It's really, really interesting. I think it's one of the more inventive films I have seen. Um, and even if some of that makes some of its more normal parts feel less satisfying, I think that's okay. Um, I don't know if I can recommend it to people. Um, I hope that if you're still listening that you haven't seen it. But if you... Sorry, that you have seen it. But if you haven't seen it and you're still with us this far and this still sounds interesting to you, you need to go watch this movie. It's so funny. Uh, and sometimes it's just funny because it's ridiculous. Sometimes it's funny because it's witty. Sometimes it's funny just because it's so real. Um, so it kind of runs the gamut of your comedic uh, devices and it also has some really important messages. Um, and I think it's definitely worth watching. I'm giving this one like a pretty solid eight, I think. Um, approaching a nine, but again, there are still some acceptable but still present flaws that prevent it from getting to that more classic level. Sorry to Bother You is probably one of my favorite movies of the year so far. I can't think of anything that has been this like intriguing and just straight up insane that I've seen other than a film like first reformed and even first reform is pretty contained in comparison to this. Uh, it has a lot of heart, has a lot of depth, has a lot of fun in everything that it does. It's so goofy and silly and strange and out there. It's just a blast to be a part of an experience like that. And on top of that, such an amazing and like important message to hear that is not just like good for people in our present time to hear, but something that can definitely be translatable for generations to come, regardless of where we stand economically and politically in the future. This is something to remind us of this type of thing can't really can't happen and shouldn't happen. You know, that kind of a thing. I found it to be enthralling from start to finish. I rate all the movies I see every year with emojis. And I gave this one a heart eyes emoji. And the only other films to have received that so far are Isle of Dogs, A Quiet Place, You Are Never Really Here, RBG, Won't You Be My Neighbor, and Sorry to Bother You. Sorry to bother you. Yeah, very odd film. I would have loved to see it push itself even further. Uh, obviously, it doesn't do that. But I personally would have loved to see how far it was willing to go, which maybe is a criticism. But at the same time, this is a director who is, this is a first-time director. So obviously, he's not done yet. I, was, I would hope he's not done yet. I want to see more from him. I want to see him push this push this craziness even further and how far he can go with his ideas that aside yes there are some filmmaking issues here that we've kind of all talked about there are some i i feel as if once again like you said at the beginning curtis one more draft of this would have really solidified its story and really made it easier to follow or at the very least a bit more evenly paced 
because it does have a bit of it does have some pacing issues i would say but that being said this is still a very impressive movie for a director that has not really directed a feature film before i mean he's been a part of many but this is his first directorial de- this is his directorial debut Amidst my own criticisms, I do think that this, yes, is still a very important movie and one that I would highly recommend because it is so odd and out there, but is still very pointed and very clear with this message to a point where it's almost unmistakable what it's trying to say there in the end. It's very literal, and I may not completely enjoy what how literal it's being, but it still does get that point across as to what it's trying to get across because it's being so literal. I would love to go back and see this again just to see what else I could grab out of it because this is a pretty dense movie for what is for its subject matter. That being said, I this is an odd this is a very odd movie. I mean, I've seen much worse and I would have loved it to go farther, but I did enjoy myself for what I did get to see and what I did take out of it. So for that, I'm going to give it a pretty high seven. Maybe it'll go to an eight. I'll have to still think about it. Maybe I'll have to watch it again. But right now it is a seven, but it is still a pretty solid recommend for me. Sorry to bother you, but I did not give my score or recommendation. I just talked about the movie some more. So I'm going to actually do what I said I was going to do. I think I would give this an eight. I know that I won't go any higher than that, but... Regardless of that, it's easily one of my favorite movies of the year, and everybody needs to see it because you can get something out of it, even though it's the weirdest movie that I've seen to come out this year. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, yeah, this is something that this is the kind of film that I love talking about. This weird film that not many people are going to either a heard of or b going to really take a time out of their day to go see because there's always more to talk about with these movies that than there are other movies anyways well sorry to bother you the game can end now oh good good now we can just talk i have to admit though at the very least it really solidified for me to think about what i'm going to say before I yeah say it. me too it really made me think through what yeah. i wanted to say first which is interesting to say i don't think i, I didn't think that that would do that me either i just thought i was going to get to slap some people which i did yes but you didn't get slapped because... No, I didn't. Hmm. I was successful. I got yeah. hit three times. I got okay. hit once. All in one succession. Anyways. <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Corbin and I will be back pretty soon. And you can watch our other review of Unfriended if it isn't up already. Uh, we did do Unfriended Dark Web. And that was a pretty great so conversation. Good. Such oh. a good movie. As Ugh. we've said, airtight plot. Uh, anyways go listen to that I'm pretty sure it's up by this point if it isn't it should be up very soon uh, Corbin and I are coming back if we haven't re- if we haven't released uh, Raise of the Lost Ark yet it will come soon after that is Re- Halloween Resurrection I'm headed home for that recording so we get to, get to do it together that being said uh, thanks for joining us guys thank you yeah. once again Curtis yeah, thank you. of course thank you. hey I just had a thought what's that uh, we just typically talk about things that we've just seen in theaters but they don't always know the things that we're going out to see. So what if your fans here, those like five people that I talked about at the beginning, mm-hmm. if there's stuff coming out that they want us to see and like talk about, we could totally do that because we see just about everything anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So they should totally let us know. You guys should let us know if there's stuff that is out right now that you want us to talk about because chances are we've already seen it and we will be more than okay with talking about it. Absolutely, yeah. yes. If, if there's, like Garrett said, if there's something that you want us to talk about, then let us know. 
I know that eighth grade is coming out, and I really I can't wait to see eighth grade. I'm going to see it when I'm at home. Also, don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Is also playing. Yes, right. They're both playing in the city right now, so I'm really excited to see both of those. That's right. There are a couple of films that YMS talked about at, I think it was Cannes. Uh, what is that one I showed you, Curtis? That one with the trees. I'm going to look it up because... Yeah, because that looked beautiful. So there is a film out that... Well, it's right now It's in, right now. it just premiered at Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival. But Dude, you got to say con, please. A wild pear tree. That's it. Wild pear tree. Uh, now, YMS did a quickie on it, and he showed some of the trailer footage, and it looks gorgeous. I'm very excited to see that, too. And I really want to see it simply but for that alone. I've been, but I've been looking forward to eighth grade since, like, March. So yeah. I'm yeah. so excited to see it. And I Same. really hope that we get blind spotting because mm-hmm. I'm a big Hamilton fan, so anything with David Diggs in it sounds amazing to me. Uh, I hate living in a small it's, town. We're coming close to uh, Oscar bait season, so I'm mm, getting true. I'm getting excited and getting pretty excited to see what all is going to come out. Well, that just about wraps it up. Uh, yeah, let us know if there's anything you want us to see, and we'll talk about it. At the same time, uh, there are more podcasts coming out after this. Plenty more, hopefully more from us three. We kind of at this moment we're kind of just doing it whenever we whenever we see a movie that we need, we think we need to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you guys think we should talk about something, even if we don't want to, we will. Yes, because you want us to. Indeed. Yeah. Well, that being said, uh, once again, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, thank you. I'll make sure to leave a link in the description for Jacob's stuff. And thank you. I think that's it. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.